0: MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA approved solutions covered
1: by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day,
1: Welcome to Sacktown Sports. I gotta be honest, Chris, there are some days where I want to podcast and some days where I don't. And this is a day where I don't because it was not a great sports weekend for me. No, it was a terrible sports weekend for 49er fans.
0: We looked like a Pee Wee football team out there. Yeah. Uh, against a, le- a less
1: impressive Washington football team. But yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a second. I just let me just let me say this. It started on I think Saturday morning. I watched uh, Liverpool play Fulham, which is you know Liverpool's our team, Chris, our okay. our, our English Premier League team, okay. and Fulham is trash. And okay. Liverpool only squeaked out a one-one tie. They had a chance to go <laughs> top of the table, squeaked out a one-one tie against a trash team. Sounds familiar. Um, then the, the Cal game that I was excited to watch against Washington State got canceled, which was like the third Cal game that has gotten canceled this season due to COVID stuff. And then the 49ers played. And literally right before the game, uh, buddy of Sacktown Sports, a boss, Jacob, texted me. And we've been we've been talking this, you know, throughout this time about how the Niners can still make the playoffs. You know, and, and he was talking about how the Vikings, uh, the Bucks did their job in beating the Vikings, and so that gave us some hope. And we're playing Washington, right? This should be an easy one. We still got to go, like, 4-0 and in this this span. Um, and then the game started. And really, it started well because Debo took the handoff. And I'm thinking, yes, get Debo involved early. And it instantly, like, my hopes were crushed as soon as I saw Debo limping off the field. Yep. Debo can't stay on the field. We, as Sacramento Kings fans,
0: know this feeling, which sucks. We don't want to label Debo as a injury-prone player, but he has not been able to stay on the field. But the playoff hopes for the 49ers, they're out of here. I said this last week. I did not believe that they could do it. You were optimistic. I was like, no, there's no way they're doing it. The Cowboys are playing a little bit better. The Washington football team, I thought Alex Smith was better than he actually is. Um, He's the greatest. He's the greatest. Yeah, and then the NFC West team is still the best
1: division in football, and the Niners have not been playing well. Um, yeah, they really struggled in this game. It was hard to watch. Nick Mullins is just not a starting NFL quarterback. I still think that Nick Mullins can be a backup somewhere if you have a quarterback who basically plays every game. Yeah, because Nick Mullins can probably run your practice squad um, or your you know your your scout team essentially. And if he has to play one game, you feel like, okay, he can you know occasionally throw the ball, but you also know that there's going to be mistakes. Well, yeah. But he struggles. I saw a graph today that was talking about uh, quarterbacks over the last five weeks. Nick Mullins was at the bottom of this list in terms of just efficiency, expected completion percentage, some other big stats that I don't really care that much about. But basically, he's not been good, and the Niners are struggling because of it. Yeah, it was tough since the very beginning no kwan williams no emmanuel
0: mosley no debo very shortly after that, uh, Akela Williamspoon got some playing time, which he's proven to be a liability out there at the corner position. Alex Alex Smith he played bad, which is what we needed as Niner fans. But we looked, uh, we just looked bad. Jeff Wilson he's turning into our clear number two running back, and he fumbled the ball. Returned Chase Young, who's the real deal, by the way. Returned that for a touchdown. Then there was a pick six and a fumble return for a touchdown. It's just been. Crazy. Like, yeah, Washington didn't score an offensive touchdown. Yeah, their, defense, their defense beat us. And that is crazy. Nick Mullins, Shannon, I'm disappointed in Shanahan because you know you have a below average backup quarterback in there, and yet you're still setting him up for failure. Our offensive line has been terrible this year. It should be good. On paper, it looks good, but our offensive line has been bad. And you're giving. Mullins too much time in the pocket to have to make a decision when you need to be calling these quick hit screen plays like we do with Ayuk and with debo and with Kittle and with all these players i know that two of those players were hurt but that's our offense the quick hitting hey this is if it's not here it's here hit the outlet Hit the outlet, but it's quick hitting. It's throw it behind the line of scrimmage or five yards in front of the line of scrimmage. Don't drop back and send all your receivers down the field.
1: Like I was very disappointing in the play calling, and I'm disappointed in just the turnovers. In fairness, it didn't help that some of the receivers had uh, wonderful drops, you know, and and the drops came back, which has happened before. I saw uh, later in the day, I saw a um, uh, a quote from Mike Tomlin with the Steelers saying, "If you drop." If you drop catches as a receiver, we'll replace you with someone who's going to catch them, huh. and that should be the Niners' mentality. But also, they have guys who just drop the ball all the time, and um, they have nobody to replace them with. I, you know, I, I do think we we talked about this last week. That's true. We talked about this last week, but I, I think that like Shanahan needs to face some criticism, and, and we all like admire him and his offensive schemes can look genius at yeah. times. His record in San Francisco is not great. That's not entirely his fault, Um, but him and John Lynch as a pair need to face some criticism. I'm not saying like throw them out, fire them, Yeah. but Shanahan now is 0-26, went down by seven
0: points or more in the second half. That's a terrible stat, and he reminds me, right now, I I believe he does deserve some criticism just because he has been losing. He reminds me a lot of a Sean McVay in Mm -hmm. LA where nobody would argue that he is a great coach and people th- like shanahan systems are it's genius he's a any team would be thrilled to have a shanahan offense in place but he can't come from behind he's not he just is not getting the job done and he does need a little cri- he does need a little criticism and he needs um a, a little fire lit under him
1: yeah and i don't know if you if over the offseason if you have to look at your training staff i think they did that a couple years ago um, or if you have to question who you draft again, we talked about this earlier in the year too, but clearly this is this is one of the I think this is the most disappointing sports like for me personally, my teams. I think this is the most disappointing sports season i 've ever experienced. I would agree the 49ers healthy, we both agree on this. yeah, clear Super Bowl contenders yeah I, I, I would say when you think about them healthy, I, even the Saints, as good as they have been this year, yep. I don't think they're even in the same class as the 49ers. Nope. I, I think the Chiefs are the only team that could compare to the 49ers. I think there would have been a Super Bowl repeat, San Francisco versus Kansas City. And I think that the Niners had a good chance with the offensive weapons if they could have stayed healthy. I mean, Ayuk looks like a stud. Yep. We've seen what Debo can do if he's healthy. And George Kittle and their moster, Jeff Wilson, in the backfield. Um, I, I think the Niners had a legitimate chance at going and winning the Super Bowl this year if healthy, but they've had their, their worst injury luck in ever yep. in, as, as a franchise. This is one of the worst injury luck seasons I've, I've ever seen from any team, any sport. Yeah. Um, you just think about the talent that they've lost and, and the amount of games that's been missed due to COVID due to injuries, you know, Debo, like, Last year, he was fine. He was healthy. Yeah. This year, he, he can't stay on the field. And, and it's been the same thing for everybody. And I think some of that is about just the training camps this year and the way things went um, in, in, in 2020. And obviously, you know, playing on, the, uh, on MetLife Stadium for the Giants and Jets games was not good for us either. But, you know, the bottom line is that this, this year, is, it, you, you look at what the Niners have done with very little – and you're very impressed with what they've done with so little. I mean, granted, they still should have like won this game. They still should have won some games um, that they've lost and be in the playoff hunt, even with what they have. But you just you just stop and you think about what could have been had they been fully healthy, and and it would have been a very special season. And next yeah. year. There's like 40 guys who are going to be free agents next year. Right, and I think a lot of sports
0: fans, a lot of teams would agree that this has been the worst season. We've seen a lot of stars go out. We've seen a lot of injuries to to key players. We've seen – well, nobody's had it worse than the 49ers, mm-hmm. and we're not just saying that because we're Niner fans and we're being biased. Like, it's clear. If you look at the depth chart, if you look at the injury report, there's no team that's had it worse than the 49ers this year. It has – it's just been – it's been tough, and I don't think
1: – Yes. You have something to add? There? I was just going to say, I mean, anytime you lose a quarterback, that's a big deal. The Niners yeah. did that. Nick Bosa, there's not very many defenders that compare to Nick Bosa. Right. Debo is a special receiver. He's been out. Moster is a special running back. Yeah. He's like, uh, D Ford is an amazing defensive player. When healthy, like, you just, when you rack up the star talent, it's unmatched to well, anything and, I've ever seen.
0: Yes, and we saw what Eric Armstead did on a contract year. He became a star on our team, and we were hoping that that's what would happen with Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas has been very average yeah. since we drafted him, but he was on a contract year, so we were hoping to see that next step to be being taken by him on that D line so we had a ton of injuries we had Jason Barrett coming back which was just a blessing to our secondary we needed it but also I wanted to ask what are your thoughts on Jeff Wilson being the number two running back as far as I know Jet McKinning is healthy he's just not playing Tevin Coleman is healthy he's just getting a couple touches a game what is going on there earlier in the season they we relied on them a lot
1: yeah, I think Coleman, you know, showed his age this year and even last year. I don't think he was he was great last season. Um, I think he was someone that um, Shanahan relied on, and that's why he was getting as many minutes as he was. But I think Jeff Wilson has shown, you know, he plays he plays angry, he plays with the ferocity, and even uh, in the in the that first drive when he got to the end zone, I think he he carried the ball three times in a row, or or maybe it was just I can't, I can't remember exactly how the, the thing went. But he had one where he went, took a hit, got up, and, I mean, you could see he was popping. He wanted that touchdown. He gets in, I think, on second down, um, got stopped a little bit short, and third down, he was not going to be denied. Right. He, he plays with a fire that, you know, McKinnon is a different type of running back. And I'm surprised that McKinnon wasn't used in some of the passing downs. Yeah. Um, because he's a good pass-catching running back. So I, I don't know because from what I've seen of games, I thought McKinnon looked good in Absolutely. pass-catching plays. But they went away from him midseason. I mean, they bring him in a little bit, so I don't know if it's an injury issue. I don't know if it's just, you know, and maybe, honestly, maybe they know that McKinnon's not a guy they're going to keep around next year, and Jeff Wilson and Raheem Moster are going to be there next year. Coleman, probably not. Um, McKinnon, definitely not. And so I think maybe, you know, it is just thinking ahead. I, that's that's the best thing I can say is that they're looking ahead. Um, I will switch, and I'll, I'll add this. You know, one good thing from last night. Brandon Ayuk once again played like a star. 10 receptions, 119 yards. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, over the last eight weeks, Brandon Ayuk's 85.7 receiving grade ranks fourth among all wide receivers. That's not rookie wide receivers, that's all wide receivers. That dude has a very bright future. And if we can get him and Debo and George Kittle healthy next season and playing together, there's still a lot of dynamic fou- firepower there, no matter who is under center. Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. I'm super excited
0: about that pickup. And Javon Kinlaw has been playing well. Like he, We drafted Ayuk after we passed on a Jerry Judy and a T. Higgins and a, a couple of those top receivers in that draft. And we dropped down, we drafted Kinlaw, and we're like, eh, okay, I see it. But then when we got Ayuk and – John Lynch and all the experts were like, "No, Ayuk is the real deal. He's going to be just as good as those guys, and we got our D lineman need." So I'm I'm happy with how Kinlaw is. Uh, progressing this season like he started out being very average but he's ha- he's needed to step up into that role mm-hmm. and he it just got accelerated with all the injuries there and I'm loving it I'm loving the future of this of those
1: 49er rookies yeah the biggest problem for the 49ers is that they have good players who are going to need to be paid a lot of money and so how do you fill the gaps in next season Fred Warner obviously went down with injuring this game that was a huge loss on the defensive side, yeah. even though. The defense still played really well because Washington's offense couldn't do anything. Obviously, Alex Smith went out. Dwayne Haskins came in. They couldn't get the ball moving. It actually would have been better for the 49ers to just score the first touchdown and then punt on first down every single time. (laughs) Um, They might have scored more points that way. Um, Yeah, but Brandon Ayuk has been, uh, I think, really, you know, you look at the guys. I think T Higgins actually went a little bit after him, but was a guy we could have gotten if we had stayed in that second, you know, with that second pick. Um, But when you look at it, I think the only guy who's really been better than Ayuk as a rookie receiver this season, is Justin Jefferson of Minnesota. Yeah. Um, He's, you know, Ayuk has outplayed Jerry Judy. He's outplayed CeeDee Lamb. He's outplayed these guys. Um, And and so, you know, give credit. You know, I talk about giving blame, but give credit to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch for for seeing that. They had CeeDee Lamb and Ayuk ranked as their, like, top two receivers. Now, obviously they missed on Justin Jefferson, but – um, I mean, CD Lamb has has been the real
0: deal. He's shown flashes, yeah. and it didn't help that Dak Prescott went out in Week Four, so or might have been Week Five, but uh, it didn't help. That didn't help. CD Lamb will be good in this league, but as Niner fans, we are super happy to have a guy in Brandon Ayuk who's just the real deal, and he will be for years to come. And he complements that Shanahan offense
1: very well. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. Um, the NFC West played games, obviously, you know, technically the 49ers are not, they don't have an E next to their name. They're not officially eliminated, but they're eliminated. They're done yeah. at this point as a 49er fan, we should be rooting for losses because at this point it's all about next season and beyond. Um, I don't think winning games these next couple weeks helps a lot. Nope. I would put everyone on bubble wrap that you plan on using <laughs> in, uh, 2021 and just, Move on with the season. Um, but the NFC West had uh, three wins in their other three games. The Rams beat the Patriots 24-3. That was, um, uh, you know, we expected the Rams to win, but I thought maybe the Patriots would put a, a little more of a fight in that game. Um, and then the Seahawks and Cardinals both had easy wins against the New York teams. Cardinals beat the Giants 26-7, and the Seahawks beat the Jets. Um, they stomped on them 40-3. to That was never really in question there. Yeah. So uh, the NFC West keeps rolling. By the way, the most embarrassing stat for the 49ers, I think, after the loss to the Giants, is that they are now one and two against the NFC East. <laughs> so That's... not not a great day for for them or for uh, you know uh, for the NFC West. Like you would like the bottom team to be a little bit better, but um, NFC East had a uh, you know Giants lost, Washington gets a win, moves to first place. The Cowboys stomp the Bengals thirty to seven and Bengals like we said they're just not the same without Joe Burrow they're they're back to being you know the team that was the worst team in the league and Yeah, that's why they need a quarterback well the the
0: Cowboys are back Andy Dalton was back in Cincinnati for like kind of a revenge <laughs> game he had two touchdowns there um uh, Zeke I'm very disappointed in Zeke he had 12 carries for 48 yards their own line may or may not be trash but if you're going into the season as almost I want to say Almost unanimously, the best running back going into the season. People may have argued, say, Quan Barkley. Uh, people, I think people like Christian McCaffrey from oh, a fantasy yeah. perspective. Christian McCaffrey
1: would be the top. It just depends on but what you value. Overall,
0: you. running back, I think that's because <laughs> Christian McCaffrey catches, yeah, uh, yeah passes yeah. out of the backfield. But overall, I mean, yeah, he was at least the very minimum top three. He's in the top tier top three no matter how you shake it down he's a top three back and he's been non-existent we don't even hear his name anymore on the highlights week after week I watch ESPN at the end of the night barely once have I heard Zeke's name he's doing very terrible and I think he's the most
1: disappointing player in the league yeah he's not even worth mentioning because you know early on it was worth mentioning that he's struggling now that's just normal and you know, I'm one of those chumps who got him in my fantasy team. I mean, it <laughs> made sense to pick him pick him where he was. But, um, you know, this week I meant to bench him for Cam Akers and then forgot the game was being played. And that's where it's come. Like, last week I didn't want to bench him for Antonio Gibson, who went off. And this week I was like, I have to, I have to bench him. I have to start treating him like the running back he is, yeah. not who we thought he was going to be. And this is why, like, the 49ers and many teams don't want to pay running backs because there's a lot of other things that are dependent on making a running back good. And a lot of times running back lifespans are very short. Now – could Dak come back next year and the offensive line improve a little bit and Zeke be a great running back? Absolutely, but you know I, this would be concerning, certainly at the price point that he's at. Absolutely. Uh, Bears demolish the Texans and continue their hot streak yeah. um, of this what, is, two games. Did uh, did you win this? Game? Oh no, they lost. No, I did not. I've, actually, we are even now because we're I even, lost two Steve. of them. There we to go.
0: You, uh, yeah, the Texans, man, what the heck, man? Well, Brandon Cooks didn't play, so not only were the Texans without Will Fuller due to injury, without DeAndre Hopkins due to a a, a terrible trade, but they are also did not have Brandon Cooks. So they are out their top three receivers and the Bears—they came out of nowhere. Mitch Trubisky with three touchdowns. Man,
1: he's the real deal. Better than Lamar Jackson? <laughs> uh, maybe we'll get to that. But um, um, Obvi- and you—you you were saying last week that Mitchell Trubisky is not a starting quarterback. No, and he's terrible. He heard our podcast as he, yeah. you know, he's he's an avid listener, and uh, right. he came out. and He's like, "I'm going to show you, Chris. I'm yeah. going to show you what's up." You didn't even laugh at my Hopkins joke. I, Cause it's
0: not funny. Did you make a Hopkins? Trade? Yeah, I said they were, the Texans were without <laughs> Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins due to a bad trade. Man, I was on. I was on and to Brandon. the next
1: thing. I was moving on. That that is a good one. But, I, I apologize. Sorry. Thank you. Hopefully thank you. But uh, I I would understand if you said it wasn't funny because <laughs> it's not funny. It's sad. So. But um yeah, the Chiefs struggled against the Dolphins. That Dolphins defense is for real. Yeah. If they get in the playoffs, they can make some noise. Absolutely. Uh, but I still think that the Chiefs are still in a another
0: tier uh, by themselves at this point. I thought the Niners were on that level, but I think that the Chiefs, they're kind of coasting right now. That's kind of scary, but I think they'll get hot when they need to. Patrick Mahomes will play much better when he needs they to. They know how
1: to do enough to win, Exactly. a little scary because they keep playing these close games, but... Um, It might be helpful if they just lose one more, just for fun. Yeah. Uh, Because the AFC is not up for grabs anymore, but we'll get, well, kind of technically. But anyways, Um, Buccaneers beat the Vikings, which I thought, like I said, helped the Niners, but it didn't. Um, Good for Tom Brady, and uh, as the Bucs get closer to securing a playoff spot in the NFC. The Broncos, this is uh, one of the games you beat, me in. The Broncos beat the Panthers. Um, Panthers just not a super great team, and without Christian McCaffrey, are just very, very average to poor. <laughs>
0: that's right. And Drew Locke, man, I like Drew Lock. He's 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 an interesting character. Yeah, it's inter- You have talked a lot about Drew Lock, and I just I don't get it, but that's okay. Well, I- he's just he's
1: just <laughs> interesting to me. He has like he has this swagger on the field that I just like about him, man. Um, Titans demolish the Jaguars behind a 215 yard rushing game from Derrick Henry. Two touchdowns for him. Man, when he is on, he is unstoppable. That's
0: right. I'm a big fan of Derrick Henry. And would you say that he's the best running back in the league right
1: now? I know you said that a few weeks back, but <laughs> I think would you so. still agree? He's, you know, Dalvin Cook might be the most consistent running back in the league, but but Derrick Henry certainly has the greatest upside. And Alvin Kamara, don't forget about him. He's been playing really well this Alvin year. Alvin Kamara is fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, next year for fantasy purposes, it will be interesting because you got Derrick Henry playing really well, Dalvin Cook, who is just a great running back. Do you expect a bounce back from Zeke and Saquon? And then Christian McCaffrey, of course, you expect him to come in and probably still be one of the top picks, but um, who cares about fantasy? The Colts <laughs> beat the Raiders, and the Raiders fired their defensive coordinator. Uh, that was a long time coming. I think that that was the right move, but the Colts, real deal. I saw one person posting uh, about the Raiders saying, like, was this, like, why this game that got the defensive coordinator fired? Was this really that much worse than anything else. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's always funny because when a team struggles and their defense is bad, it's probably more on the personnel than the defensive coordinator themselves. But, like, you just have to have a scapegoat when you're struggling, and defensive coordinators seem to be the first ones to go. The uh, Packers beat the Lions, and again, was kind of a close game for the Packers, but ultimately they got the job done. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams connect. Again, I think that's the eighth game in a row that they have uh, secured a touchdown from one to the other. Yeah, they're they're the real deal. That's
0: what we expected. But I mean, the Lions, ever since they fired their head coach, I mean, they've been playing a lot better. So well, I mean, they're only one and one in those two games. But yeah, they did play. They did but play there's, well. But there's just a different energy You're on right. their team. They don't just roll over and die anymore. Like they have, they got DeAndre Swift back, so that's going to help. But I think that
1: that team is better without Matt Patricia at head coach. Lions, the future home of Robert Sala. Um, The Saints got upset. Finally, Taysom Hill and the Drew Drew Brees-less Saints take a loss, and they took it to Jalen Hurts. Jalen um, Hurts. I was super excited about this
0: matchup uh, coming in. I was, well, not really the matchup. I thought that the Saints would win <laughs> convincingly, but I was excited for Jalen Hurts to start. I was a fan of his at Alabama. I was a fan of his at uh, Oklahoma, and I was excited to see what he could do in the league. He played okay. He was 17 of 30. He had a, a 83.6 uh, QBR. Nope, he had a 58 Uh, qbr he had an 83 quarterback rating um he had one touchdown uh but the story of this philadelphia eagles offense was miles sanders miles sanders was a big name coming into the league that everyone expected all at least the fantasy pros expected miles sanders to be good he's been okay dealt with some injuries but this season he just went off like he had a victory in uh, week one of our playoffs, Chris. Exactly. 14 carries for 115 yards and two
1: touchdowns with a, a long run of 82 yards. That's pretty good. Yeah, Jalen Hurts um, also although actually when you break that down the uh, his the rest of his runs were not very good if you look at just one 82-yard run and then 115 total yards. Two touchdowns though. But two touchdowns Jalen Hurts though also added 18 carries for 106 yards, 246 yards on the ground wow. for the Eagles and that's what Jalen Hurts is going to give you um, that you know Carson Wentz was a pretty good runner as well. Yeah. But but for Jalen that's probably at least where he's going to start and that's you know sometimes young quarterbacks come in the league and you look at Josh Allen, who we'll talk about in just a second. Uh, you know was a guy who could run, he could scramble, he could make the throws, um, but couldn't just necessarily stand the pocket and, and make the passes and he has developed that now really well, and that's why the bills are so dangerous but Jalen, I think Jalen hurts could. Develop it. i'm rooting for him me too i think ever since he got benched at the end of the yeah. championship game and he just handled it so well he did and then went to oklahoma and and you know made the playoffs with oklahoma like absolutely i think he's a guy who's easy to root for easy to root for he's 1-0 uh he he did good and
0: they got the upset here over the saints so do the saints move to james winston now or they stick with Taysom
1: hill i i don't know how long drew Brees is out for but i mean I feel like if you're going to win in the playoffs, you can't do it with Taysom Hill as your quarterback. He did throw two touchdown passes, so good for him. Um, But I think you need better passing from your your quarterback than what Taysom Hill can provide you. And I think Jameis Winston can, but the reality is Jameis Winston's also erratic. Like, he throws a lot of interceptions. So, like, I mean, last year we remember he threw 30 touchdown passes but 30 interceptions. Like, it's... It, he, he has these extremes on both sides. He's either going to win you get the game or lose you the game. This is true. And um, that makes you nervous. But I think if Drew Brees cannot come back, I to me, you would go with Jameis Winston. But they haven't done it yet, and I'd kind of be surprised if they do at this point. Yeah, at this point, you've already rocked with Taysom Hill for the last two games. So uh, we
0: will see. Uh, last question regarding this game. Is Jalen Hurts better than Lamar Jackson?
1: <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> uh, the The... Oh, wait, the Ravens don't play until tonight, so that's yeah. why. But I do want to throw this out at you, Chris. Uh, I, think, I think you will like this one. Um, oh, man, I forgot another one. Okay, I have a couple ones that I need to get back to. Uh, tweet it or delete it, Chris. Now, listen, this is a long one. All right. But just the, the main point is in the first line. Lamar Jackson is 1-4 in four in five games versus winning teams since the 29 postseason. Right, he has a 35 total QBR, 5 pass touchdowns, and 5 interceptions against winning teams since the 2019 postseason. He was 6-1 and one versus winning teams during 2019 regular season with an NFL best 81 total QBR, adding 14 pass touchdowns and 1 interception. I'm gonna say tweeted. I think what this what this tweet
0: shows us is that teams figured them figured them out. They figured out how to play him. They the as 49er fans, we know that the same was true of Colin Kaepernick when he bursted onto the scene. Teams had no idea how to guard him, and then they came back the next year with a game plan and then shut him down. So I think the same is true of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is still legit. I may may joke and and kid about how Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts are better than him. I don't believe that. Lamar Jackson is still a legit quarterback in this league, but I don't think that he's in that top five uh, category
1: anymore. Yeah, and you called this before the season, and I think that it's showing right now that teams have figured him out. Now, if he's truly a great quarterback— what he's going to do is he's going to go in the offseason and make adjustments and learn how to play in the the way defenses are giving him and playing him now, and he'll make the adjustments that will step him back up. Um, that's what, like, you know, you know, oftentimes, again, a running quarterback— comes into the league, and and they break out because they do all these great things, and you, you can't touch him right? Lamar Jackson is a cheat code. There's a lot of comparison to Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. Well, at some point, Michael Vick, you know, people played him differently. He still was able to run on that, yeah. and he figured out how to throw on that and he and figured became out a great how to quarterback. Yep. And, and so, like, a Russell Wilson was elusive. Not really a runner, um, but was elusive. Like, you know, people f- make adjustments, and then he makes adjustments, right? Like, Ben Roethlisberger was yeah. just this big power guy, and he made adjustments throughout his career. Josh Allen has made adjustments. So... Um, you know, quarterbacks make adjustments. The great ones make adjustments. And so you hope for Lamar Jackson's sake that he figures it out because obviously this year he has struggled to beat the way the teams are playing him now. They figured something out with him, and he needs to now make an adjustment or the team needs to make an adjustment right. to continue to win. I did not want to throw this one out. Brandon McManus, the kicker for the Broncos, um, tweeted out, uh, Brandon McManus sucked today and then retweet himself and said, oh, snap, I thought this was from my Burner account. (laughs) That's funny. Tweet of the day right there. Tweet of the day. That that was was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. And he can tweet like that because
0: they did ultimately win the game, but I have a feeling he wouldn't be so humorous if they had lost the game on his account.
1: You know, I was reading the comments, and... Uh, Broncos fans love Brandon McManus. Like, I don't know what it is about him exactly, but, um, they were all like, you can do, basically you can do no wrong. It doesn't matter. Like, even if you miss field goals right now, we still love you. And so, well, um, I mean, tweets like that, stuff like that, that makes you like them. It it does. It definitely does help. I'm trying to find even what he did yesterday. I didn't see his, uh, um, if he missed, I don't know, he missed, uh, no uh oh he missed he missed an extra, oh he missed two extra points oh, that's why he missed two extra oh, points dang. that is that is pretty bad, uh, but that's okay, you know, they forgave him, and they got the win anyways, and uh so they they move on um all right, let's uh, let's wrap up these NFL games here for you. The Chargers beat the Falcons. This was the other game you beat me on. That's right. Uh, I shouldn't have bet against my boy Justin Herbert. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I mean, the Falcons have been disappointing us all year. That's Julio why. Jones didn't play as well, so that didn't help
0: anything. Julio Jones hasn't played the last couple games though, and yeah. they've they've <sighs> found way ways to win. But uh, we like Justin Herbert here on Sacktown Sports. He's a pac twelve guy. So
1: yeah, whenever uh, you want to come on the podcast, Justin. That's just, right. Uh, feel free. The upset of the week was it the upset I mean I think it was. I think it was technically or were they, I think they're even I think we said oh, um, on right. this game but the upset of the week was probably the the Saints losing to the Eagles but okay yeah, yeah, Bill Steelers game. but I will say this was probably well okay Saints losing is very surprising to the Eagles but um, a bit, oh, NFC East, by the way, went three and one on the day. So, uh, anyways, uh, this was one of the more surprising results, not because of who won, because I, I, you know, we were both struggling with this game in terms of picking it. Yeah. But I think the way the Bills controlled this game and seemed to dial up the defensive pressure and Josh cool. Allen. Back-to-back weeks has yeah. looked like a stud. And this,
0: the Bills did the same exact thing to the Niners the week before. We thought it was just because the Niners were terrible and they have been <laughs> all season. But the Steelers have been one of the top teams in the league. They had their first loss last week. Like mm-hmm. this is only their second loss. Uh, of course, it's second loss in a row. But does this loss tell you more about the Bills or more about the Steelers? Yes.
1: Okay. Um, I th- are, you, I th- are you are you th- worried? I am worried for the Steelers, okay. and, and here's why they um, they did not look good against a good Bills team. You know, when when I started dissecting their their uh, schedule, realized you know they haven't played the most difficult schedule in the NFL. The Ravens have been down. The Browns look better, but they're still you know, I think that's partly because they play a weaker schedule. They play the NFC East. They play um, AFC South as a team, so they beat the Titans. That's a that's a good win at Tennessee but they don't have a lot of like really good wins against playoff caliber teams on their schedule. They got the Bengals next week. That's a get right game because they're they're clearly That's going right. to win that one. Uh, but then they finish with the Colts and the Browns who are both fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. It's it's going to be tough even to 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 finish out those last 3 games. And for the Steelers, you don't want to, you know, finish worst case scenario to me uh, would be they go 1 and 3 in those last 3 and they finish the the season with um Would that be uh, like a a one in four record at the very last five games? Yeah, when you
0: need when you need to be getting hot at that time. Now they
1: crushed the Browns in their first meeting against them, Um, and so I think that they will come out and get the win. I think the Colts game will be interesting, but yeah, I'm I'm certainly uh, not putting them in the top class anymore. I'm I'm taking them down a notch, Um, and you know I think that the Bills showed that the Steelers are not up there with the Chiefs level. Well, and I think that this
0: does show more about the Bills than it does the Steelers. I'm not worried about the Steelers. I still think they're going to be up there in the AFC come playoff time. I trust their coach. I trust Big Ben. I trust that defense. But the Bills have been impressing me the last couple games. Josh Allen is the real deal. Mm -hmm. He's not just like, it's not some fluke season. Like, he was good last year, too. And this year, he's making strides in the right direction, and he's showing you that hey, you give me another weapon instead Stephon Stephon Diggs out there on the, the on the edge and I'm going to show you what I can do. I'm going to show you what I can do with a Cole Beasley who'll go across
1: the middle and catch every single ball I throw at him. Yeah. And you know? and, and he's becoming better and better as a pocket passer. So now he yeah. has the ability to get out and run if he needs to, but he can stand the pocket. They were talking about it in the game last night um, that there was times where they were saying, you know, he In in previous seasons, he would have taken off running and scrambling, and he stood in the pocket, uh, waited for the play to develop, and made the pass. And, yeah, I mean, Cole Beasley is one of the best slot receivers in the game. Absolutely. And Josh Allen can hit him, as we saw, against the 49ers. And that slot receiver, if they're good, is so dangerous. That's how Tom Brady made his living and won six Super Bowls. Yep. um, Because... It's almost impossible to stop those little like five yard breakout, like across the middle type things.
0: Yeah, and we were very critical of this Bills defense the first half of the season, but they have turned it around. They are showing people what we believed from the beginning of the season that they are an elite defense and they are one of the best defenses
1: in this league. They're showing it. Yeah, they're putting pressure on Big Ben all night long and, um, you know, held the Steelers to 15 points in the game. By the way, how big of a deal is this? With the Bills winning, the Patriots' streak of division titles officially ended at 11 straight. Only the Braves had a longer division title streak in NFL, NHL, MLB, or NBA history with 14. Wow. I would tweet that. That's a very – that's a cool stat.
0: Good job, Bills. I mean, but that shows you what – I mean – Tom Brady, how one of the good be- Tom yeah. and Bill Belichick, exactly. and the Patriots
1: have been yep. but, over the last years,
0: and, and the Bills, like the Bills, have always been like kind of a laughing stock of the league. Like even when they're good, there's st- people still
1: laugh at them because they're the Bills. Well, they're most remembered for losing four straight Super Bowls, four which is so impressive straight. that they got to four straight. Yeah, but like that's just so sad that you lose four straight times in the biggest game. Yeah, how painful would that be as a? It's Bills almost fan? worse to yeah. get there and lose four times in a row than. To get there, just to get there. That's uh, That's fairly uh, accurate, you know. Um, All right, Chris, let's move on from football to the real games. That matter the real games that matter the NBA game. preseason games. That's right. I we think went. we've learned everything that we need to know from the last two preseason games. Yes. We are going to overreact to these preseason games. We're one and one
0: versus the Blazers. Uh, I think this is what's fair to say. We're winning 50 games this
1: season. Yeah. We're going we're going to be a top seed in the playoffs. I, I think that that's true. I mean, everyone thought the Blazers were so great. And you know what? Yeah, they handled us in game one. But game two, we bounced back and and beat up on them yeah. and clearly that tells more than game 1 did. Well,
0: something that I thought was interesting and I just want to jump right into this is I saw a lot of takes and I saw a lot of quotes from from Kings people saying that they definitely felt not having Bagley and Whiteside out there on the court. Like they definitely felt that that that, that was missing. But I think that that is a weak take, and here's why. Because we barely know what it is like to have Bagley out there on the court. How do you know what you're missing when you've had a small sample size? We haven't even had Hassan Whiteside out there on the court with us. So we don't know what it's going to be like with it, with both of them on the court or even one of them on the court. So to say that we are missing their presence, uh, I think it's weak. I think you can say we are missing that the big man. The the down low presence, but to say you were missing the Bagley and the
1: Whiteside, you don't know what it's like to have them on on the on the court. Well, just- I think you know. I mean, I, I think I think I mostly agree with you. The the only thing I'd say is that they've probably had some practice time with these guys, and as you're uh, you know not a lot because Bagley's been out with COVID and uh, exactly. so he's getting back. But uh, you know, yeah, Whiteside's kind of weird because he really has not been around. Um, Bagley, you know, there's going to be guys who have at least practiced with him on and off for the last couple of years, so. They're familiar, and I think probably yeah, it was speaking more to just an extra, another center other than Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. Um And you know, obviously after Holmes fouled out, like who do you who do you have there? Right. Um, I I do think the Kings are going to be better with Bagley and Whiteside. Absolutely. Long no, run, I I agree with the, I agree with that, and I get what they're trying to say,
0: but I just think that that you could have worded it better because really we don't know what it's going to like what, what it's going to be like with both of them on the court. They could just have terrible chemistry and suck together on the court you know we're we're hoping against that you know we're (laughs) speaking against that but yes we are rooting for them to come in and Hassan Whiteside have a a breakout year again and show people why he's one of the top big men in the league and we're looking to have Bagley come out and prove that he's
1: a a worthy number two pick in the league so yeah yeah yeah, so what um what are the things did you learn from these first two preseason games? I learned
0: that we still need work on defense. Yep. Definitely. And I liked the way that Tyrese Halliburton looked. Uh, like he he looks comfortable out there. Like more comfortable in game 2 than game 1, but he looked good. He was he was moving with the, with the ball and without the ball. He was dishing the ball. He sh- he was shooting like and and his shot has been a kind of up in the air that people say it's ugly especially when we drafted him but I saw him catch catch the corner three and Mm -hmm. put it right up with confidence without even hesitating shot it up there bang like I, I like this kid he's good but I think that we still have a ways to go we still got defense
1: to work on yeah you can already see improvement in him from game one to game two and a lot of that has to be factored into the jitters which he even talked about um, he said he, he compared it to uh, the movie Like Mike. He said it's like uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like being um, uh, Calvin Coolridge, I think Cambridge. The Cambridge. Thank you. you. Get it right. Um, with <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long. Um, but without his shoes on, that was like game yeah. one. And then you know, obviously put the shoes on in game two. He looked more confident. Um, ha- put up a good box score. And yeah, he looks he looks like an NBA player now. Yeah. Preseason. You know, it's always a little bit different. Obviously, you know, normally you would start in the in the Vegas rookie league, yeah. um, summer league, and uh, and you would look amazing there. And then you have preseason, and you figure that out. But um, I, I think, yeah, he looks good. And I, I'm excited to see you know lineups in the regular season with Fox, Halliburton, Buddy all run together, kind of in that small ball lineup, and, and just to see how Halliburton develops because he seems like a really intelligent guy who's driven, who knows the game well, kind of knows his strengths, knows his weaknesses. And I think he's probably very coachable based on yep. the way he speaks. Yep. And so I think he's gonna grow very quickly and yeah, I think he I think he's a rookie of the year candidate. Although um There we uh, go. L- um uh, <laughs> Ball has uh, has made some amazing dishes. The f- but, there we go. The, uh, first, the first overreaction
0: of this overreaction <laughs> Monday for the first two uh, preseason Let's games. Let's be honest. That was happening in the, after the draft. That's right. But the story of Game 1 was actually not Tyrese Halliburton. It was not Damian Lillard. It was Harry Giles. Harry Giles has something to prove out there in Game 1, and it was noticeable. And he caught the attention of House of Highlights, a bleacher report of... DeMarcus Cousins had the nerve to tweet out here, to tweet us. Oh, man. Yeah. But Harry Giles went off, and he was so excited to come and play against the Kings. And it's only right that the first game in a Blazers jersey was against the Kings. Like, how fitting.
1: Yeah, he had uh, 14 rebounds, led, led the team in rebounds. And his passing is still a thing of beauty. I mean, there were so many times when I'm watching, I'm thinking, all right, he's covered up. Whoa, that's a that's a nice dish. Yeah. And, and we know that he's capable of that. He has to improve on the defensive end. Um, which I think he will, and, and I think that he is a. You know, I, I wasn't sure what he would be for the Blazers. Um, we know that he has the ability to step up and play, and um, you know, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do that. And My only hope is that he only wants to play one season in Portland, <laughs> and then we'll come back to Sacramento as an All Star. But um, that's a that's a that's a big if. But we have you know we have money, so it's always it's always possible. That's right. It's going to be interesting watching him play
0: over there because it was a, another situation like when the Kings drafted him. They already got their guy in Fox, and they really had nothing to lose by drafting him at twenty. Yeah. There, like they had nothing to lose. It was a low risk, high reward, and it's the same case in in Portland. Like they they drafted him for a you know they didn't pay him a, a whole lot and. He's just going to come off the bench, or, or, like, if he's good, he's
1: good. But if not, they, I mean, it's a it's a low risk for them. You know, I just want King fans to remember that, yes, Vladi didn't pick up his option, and he should be blamed for that. But also, unless it comes out otherwise, Monty McNair could have offered him more money than he got in Portland. So unless it comes out that he turned down more money in Sacramento to go to Portland... Um, you know, we already have a an error by Monty McNair and his team, it looks like, because it looks like he should have paid Harry Giles and kept him around. I, I will say this, too. I, I think there were a couple other things I noticed. Kyle Guy, especially in Game 2, that dude wants to make this roster. Like, yeah. he was aggressive. He was fearless. He's putting a shot up, and his shot looked good. He is a guy who does not want to spend his time in Stockton anymore. He wants to be in Sacramento.
0: Absolutely. You know, we, we've been big Kyle Guy fans here, but he, uh, he just needs to show us something, and he's been doing that, especially in these first two preseason games. We'll see. I mean, we'll see moving forward. I mean, he might. Th- and the thing is with this season, even if he is on a two-way contract, even if he is a, a Stockton uh, king, he, the chances are pretty likely that he'll be called up, and it'll be like the NFL to where, like, players are sitting out because of covid and then other team and then players are going to have to come in and fill that sure. fill that spot. Hopefully that doesn't that's not the case. Hopefully the NBA does a good job of keeping everybody healthy and and the teams and the players abide by like the the guidelines so that way they can stay healthy and stay on the court. But there's a chance realistically that even if he doesn't
1: make that that roster that he can come up and get playing time anyway. Yeah, here's another potential overreaction. Buddy still is inconsistent. Uh game one, his shot was fallen, looked nice. Game two, not fallen. It just wasn't wasn't able to hit. He was doing some other things well, and so that's good. Um, but it just wasn't uh coming and and I think that, you know, that's something that we're gonna have to pay attention to because it seems like all right, we're back to the same buddy where one right. game he's on, the next game he's not, and that's a problem. Oh, yeah,
0: and as long as he's inconsistent, you know, he, the, the question will still be there if should he be starting or not. Should he have the ball in his hands late in games when he's so inconsistent? Yes, when he's on, he is a top shooter in the league, maybe even a top five shooter in the league when he's on. Mm-hmm. But when he's off, he's a top 100 shooter in the <laughs> league maybe,
1: you know. So it's yeah. – uh, yeah. All right, here's, here's the other thing about the Kings. Okay. They might be, put up more three-point shots than anyone. This might be Houston 2.0 because in game one, they put up 53-point shots in preseason game one. and game two, slight drop. 49 three-pointers in Game 2. Last year, Luke Wallen said he wanted to get to like 32 a game. Yeah. And they're putting up 50 a game right now. I think that this will slowly fade once they realize their identity.
0: Right now, they're coming. Monty McNair, you know, he's all about analytics. They're going to push the pace. They're going to put up the three-pointers. points, the three-pointers, But as the season progresses, as they realize what they have in these players, I think that that will slow way down. I think they will put up more threes than last year. But I think that... That they'll realize, oh, De'Aaron Fox, he drives to the hoop. Oh, Harrison Barnes, like he can take the three, but he's better in that mid-range. Oh, we got Hassan Whiteside and Marvin Bagley down low again, so let's get the ball inside. I think as the season progresses, as we find out an identity,
1: I think that will drop a little bit. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say the Kings are going to average 43-point attempts a game this year. And here's why. Because everything you said, I think, is helped by taking threes. It's going to pick up the pace because you're going to get to that three-point line. You're going to find your shot quickly. You're going to take it. They have some guys who certainly can hit. Buddy can hit. You know, Harrison Barnes is, is, is a decent shooter. Like, Fox can hit from out there. Um, you know, you, you want to see, like, Kyle Guy can honestly hit if he's on there. Um, and Rashawn Holmes is trying to extend his range. I think he knows that not only is this the way the NBA is going, but to open up that space for Fox to drive in, if everyone's standing on the outside and everyone can shoot threes, they can't have a center. You know, the other team can't have a center posted down low. Yeah. They got to pull him out and, and cover Rashawn Holmes if he's putting them up. Um, and he did put one up, I think, In I think just one in this, uh, in this last, oh no, sorry, one of two in the preseason, Um, in this second game. And so I think that that's going to create space down low for guys like Bagley, for Whiteside. You know, Bagley can step out and hit threes. He's, He's shown that last year, or he, you know, attempted it, I guess, two years ago. <laughs> yeah. um, so he's he's gonna be attempting those things. Whiteside, obviously, you know, that's gonna change the game a little bit when he's in there. But he's more in there for his defensive protection. So I, I think that this is going to allow your mid range game and the drives to the basket to open up if everyone is out there saying, "Hey, give us the ball, give us a little bit of space, we're gonna we're gonna shoot now." You want them to shoot better than twenty eight percent from the from the three point <laughs> line, which is what <laughs> they did last night. But um, but still, I think I think forty plus threes a game is my guess. Okay, uh, I
0: I, w- I wouldn't say it's going to be that much, that many. But uh, that that's fair. I mean, that's the way that the NBA is going. The Kings are a very modern organization now, so let's yeah, I, that's not a crazy hot take.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to find a uh, pull up really quickly what last season um how many 3 point field goal attempted uh by teams to see where like 40 would would rank for the Kings and so um, I'll see if I can uh, pull that up really quickly, um, Chris. Anything else though on the Kings in these last two games?
0: Well, no. We're not going to overreact. We're not going to sit here and say we're going to win the championship. But we're not also not going to sit here and say we're going to be as bad as we were last year. Oh, with this I was going
1: to I was going to say we're going to win the championship.
0: No. Oh, well, then I guess we're divided. Okay. Hot or cold? Take the Kings uh, will win the championship. <laughs> no, but we. It's exciting. NBA is back. NBA just ended, and it's already back, and we're going to have games for Christmas, and this is what I wanted, and it's going to be exciting. James Harden, he's expected to report, we'll see. He's also, uh, there's been reports that bringing in John Wall didn't do anything. He's still interested in leaving, forcing his way out, which is just silly to me, and I started to go on a little Twitter rant, uh, but luckily I deleted them all uh, before I tweeted them out because I was going to go on about how these players should be honoring their contract and if the roles were reversed and the and the teams didn't honor the contract, it would be a big deal and this and that. But it, it, it's crazy. And I'll never, ever take the approach of these guys get paid this millions of dollars to come and play basketball because that's not fair. They are paid what the position that is worth, not what they're worth, but what that position is worth. If you have a sales job that's worth this much, you should be getting paid that much. As long as us the fans, the consumers are willing to pay hundreds of dollars for jerseys and shoes and and TV packages and tickets, they should be getting paid that. So, that's not the case, but they should have to honor their contract. They should have to be able to speak to they should have to speak to the media if that's in their contract Kyrie doesn't want to speak to the media and like man this is this is nothing new this isn't like some sly thing that they slid in there just because they're like oh let's go get Kyrie he has to talk to the media this year no this has been happening forever all right and then you should have to show up to to training camp you should have to show up to to things that are mandatory to be at it's like come on
1: like I get you're a superstar but you're still a part of the team right yeah. and if not then you don't get paid and that's that's the reality like the paychecks are going to start to be affected and Kyrie was fined i think tw- i think he was fined 25000 and the team was fined 25000 um for not showing up to the media you know and one of the major nba writers uh, media guys said you know what it's fine if Kyrie doesn't want to show up as long as the nba continues to fine both him and the nets organization yeah. for not doing it because mm-hmm. this is part of being in the nba and when the NBA writers, who he said Kyrie so despises, vote on the awards, Kyrie's name should not be mentioned in any award, which could affect paychecks again because it affects bonuses. But you cannot include him in awards if it's you know media driven that gets to pick it, and he's not reporting and not showing up for the media. That yeah. that is silly. Like this is you know this is a business. Like like you said, they get paid what's expected in this position, but. You also have to understand that to be an NBA player, you're going to have media attention on you, and so you have to be prepared to exactly. answer media questions because mm-hmm. that's the, the the nature of the job. If you're the president of the United States, you're going to have to have some cameras on you every once yeah, in a while. right. Um, granted, this, I don't know why I brought that up, but like, <laughs> but there are certain positions where there are going to be things that are expected of you that may not be expected of a person in another position – NBA basketball players, they their business well, is to sell the, the game, is to right. sell tickets, and so you have to be at media.
0: Exactly, and that's where all that money comes from. That's why they are able to pay these players millions of dollars because us, we – The only way we watch them is through the media, is through television and and stuff like that, and we want to see our favorite players and what they have to say about the game. Why do you love the game so much? What were you thinking when you called timeout when you had no timeouts left? That type of stuff. We want to hear that. That's so entertaining to us, and it's part of the job. If you had a sales job, and your job was to sell cars, but... You knew going into it that you would have to do desk work. You would have to do paperwork. You would have to do all that stuff. And that was just part of the job too. But you're a salesman. You know, like you still have to do that other part of your job and – like yeah your job is to play basketball but your job is also to speak to the media your job is also to show up on time you know and it's like i never want to tell people how to do their job but as a fan i do want to tell people (laughs) as a fan (laughs) i just want to see it i want to see you interact with the media i
1: want to hear what you have to say well honestly it's so silly right now because it's not even like you have the excuse of you just lost a big game and you're being forced to do media time afterwards, which i get is painful it's like it's preseason. You have nothing else, like nothing else to do. Right. Everyone else is doing media availability. Like, show up. Stop. Don't be that guy. Yeah. By the way, um, last year the Houston Rockets led all teams 45.5 attempts per game. Dallas Mavericks were second with 41. And then it drops off Minnesota 39.7. So if the Kings averaged 40 or more, they would have been in the top three last season in terms of three-point attempts. Last year the Kings were... 13th with 34.9. So I think that's going to increase by about six at least a game. Who was the last team? Uh, Indiana. Indiana. The Pacers were at the very bottom. The Lakers were 20th with 32.2. But that's because they have LeBron James on the team, and he can drive it to the rack
0: and score any time. Yeah, and Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis. (laughs) Who can step back and hit the three? He can be as modern as you want, or he can be old school if you want. You know, Anthony Davis is the real deal. But, okay, uh, that's fair. Top three, I I can see it the way the Kings are going. They have nothing to lose. They need to figure out their identity and who they are as a team. So, that's fair.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that is just about it for today. Uh, We have all our reactions now for the Kings' couple preseason games. We've got a couple more coming up. Um, I believe Golden State is next on the docket for the Kings. So obviously we'll see if the Kings can beat a former NBA champion. (laughs) That's right. Um, And uh, I don't know if we even mentioned that we're talking about Kyrie. Kevin Durant is back. Yeah. So he he played in the Nets' um, preseason game against Washington, him and his old buddy Westbrook were having a conversation, although Westbrook did not actually play in the game, um, but, you know, cameras caught them talking, which is a big deal, because, you know, <laughs> at one point they were very bitter towards each other, so Durant is back, 5 of 12, uh, 24 minutes in the game, 15 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, you know, it's good to just see him return, Absolutely, and that's what you want to see for, you know, NBA, you Especially. want to go the opposite direction of what happened in the NFL season, yeah. and, you Keep guys healthy. However yeah. you do it this year, yeah. And those numbers will continue to rise for KD. This is just him
0: stretching his legs out here. So that that's good. It's good to see him on the court always. He's just he's just a stand up guy. I like KD man. People give him a hard time because he has a burner account, but
1: I <laughs> I like KD man. He, I yeah he's him the him and Kyrie thing is just so weird. Like they did a um an Instagram live yesterday or something. you know after like. Kyrie won't talk to the media, but he'll do an Instagram Live with his teammates. And there's some, like, weird exchanges back and forth where, like, Kyrie was saying he was like Durant. And Durant's like, no, you're not. And, like, their pairing is just so strange because Kyrie is, like, this conspiracy theorist, like, super crazy, like, outspoken, weird dude. And Kevin Durant is, like, super sensitive, like, just wants everyone to be nice to him and thinks he's, like – I mean, I guess they both think they're the greatest thing. By the way, did you hear – Kyrie, I guess this came out during the playoffs, and I somehow missed it. Um, but LeBron commented on it recently about Kyrie saying he's grateful to be playing with Durant because now he has another guy who can close out a game. Wow. And apparently made these statements during the playoffs, like right before Game Three of the Finals, uh, when LeBron was playing. And LeBron, you know, came out and just said, "Yeah, those comments hurt me," and I'm surprised he said that because all I ever wanted was the best for Kyrie. And, yeah, you know, it just like it just makes Kyrie so unlikable and you need villains in the game in yeah. addition to heroes and Kyrie to me is one of those villains of the game where it's like dude, you just keep like burning fan bases right. and burning teammates and which it's not a good look.
0: Yeah it sucks because I was a huge Kyrie fan. I love his ball ball handling to me is so fascinating. The way that he can just dribble and the crazy layups and the step back shots, like that's so fascinating to me and I want to like him so much but he just keeps saying stuff. It's like, come on man. Like what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I yeah root against him, and I'm not a huge Durant guy, so you know I'm probably just gonna root against the Nets. But they're, I like gonna, be, they're gonna be real good, so that's fine. Fair enough. Uh, all right, well that is it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to like, subscribe. We got podcasts coming out twice a week, yep. uh, Monday and Thursday. So we will give you our, our NFL preview and you know um, our our hot takes on on the Kings preseason games coming up, and hopefully we'll see a little bit of Marvin Bagley and Hassan Whiteside in uniform here soon. Uh, But, yeah, stay tuned, and uh, thank you guys for listening. Tell your friends. Peace out. Peace. L.A. what's our twitter oh my goodness chris i just started the podcast oh. <laughs> what's our twitter just mention our at sacktown underscore sports i think all right keep that in there <laughs> i don't <now>. remember <laughs> lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky